Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to begin our day together uh, in this time of prayer. Today is Friday. This is now the season after Pentecost, and today we continue our reading in 2 Corinthians, uh, reading today, chapter 5. Please feel free to share any questions or insights that have come to you this week as we've uh, begun this uh, reading of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Uh, Please feel free to drop me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house, our present tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house no human hands have built. It is everlasting in the heavenly places, at the present moment, you see, we are guaranteeing, as long as, as, as we long to put on our heavenly building, in the belief that by putting it on, we won't turn out to be naked. Yes, in the present tent, we groan under the great weight. But we don't want it to put it off. We want to put on something else on top, so that what is doomed to die may be swallowed up with life. It is God who has been at work in us to do this the God who has given us the Spirit as the first installment and guarantee. So we are always confident. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live our lives by faith, you see, not by sight. We are confident, and we would much prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we work hard as a point of honor to please Him, whether we are at home or away. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of the Messiah, so that each may receive what has been done through the body, whether good or bad. So we know the fear of the Lord, and that's why we are persuading people. But we are open to God and open as well, I hope, to your consciences. We aren't trying to recommend ourselves again. We are giving you a chance to be proud of us, to have something to say to those who take pride in appearances rather than in people's hearts. 
If we are beside ourselves, you see, it is for God, and if we are in our right mind, it's for you. For the Messiah's love makes us press on. We have come to the conviction that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all in order that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised on their behalf. From this moment on, therefore, we don't regard anybody from a merely human point of view. Even if we once regarded the Messiah that way, we don't do so any longer. Thus, if anyone is in the Messiah, there is a new creation. Old things have gone, and look, everything has become new. It all comes from God. He reconciled us to himself through the Messiah, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is how it came about. God was reconciling the world to himself in the Messiah, not counting their transgressions against them, and entrusting us with the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors, speaking on behalf of the Messiah, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore people on the Messiah's behalf to be reconciled to God. The Messiah did not know sin, but God made him to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might embody God's faithfulness to the covenant. The word of the Lord. The hope of resurrection is more than just an assurance that there is life after death. It is that, of course, but it is more than that. It is the hope of the whole world redeemed and renewed without sin and death, the hope of putting on a new body that will not break down or decay, uh, a new body that comes to us as the gift of a loving, generous, and powerfully creative God who now calls us his children and heirs of all that God has created through Christ our Lord. It is the hope of the coming glory of the full revealing of God's kingdom, and with it the majesty of the Son of God coming to judge and repair the world once and for all. And that hope is not just off in the future, but the seeds of God's kingdom have already been sown and the first fruits have already appeared. Jesus himself has been raised from the dead and is seated on the throne, and we ourselves have received God's Holy Spirit. Paul announces that he is an ambassador and messenger of Jesus' kingdom, a herald who's been sent out for a time of reconciliation to God and Christ, to announce the forgiveness of sins in his name and the hope of life in the world to come, to invite others into that relationship with God made new through Christ. And because this kingdom has already taken root in this world, Paul teaches the Corinthians to now see the reality of our own world through the new proclamation of the good news of Jesus, through the lens of the cross and of his death and resurrection. Paul, in doing so, presents himself to the Corinthians as a kind of parable, He asks the church not to turn away in horror at his suffering or his scars or appearance or demeanor, but to see that all that he has suffered as for their benefit, so that they might believe in Jesus and have life in his name. Just as he needs no letters of recommendation because the Corinthians' faith itself is a letter of recommendation, he also needs no other recommendation because the story of the Messiah himself has been written on his broken body. So instead of being embarrassed by Paul's weakness, they should be proud of him and his companions, and in their hardship, learn to read and see the only love and life that has been credited to them through the work of these ambassadors of Christ. 
And Paul, too, is confident that his weak and now breaking down body will one day be replaced by a glorious new body prepared for him by the master himself. It's a fitting image and hope for a man who financed himself by making tents for people whose old ones had worn out. In fact, maybe Paul's opponents had used that against him as as some kind of discouraging word or or something that would put him down as some kind of second-class preacher uh, who refused their patronage and who worked with his own hands. But here the image is fitting. God will give us a tent made in heaven, prepared for us in the heavenly places when this body wears out. See, the faith and the hope and the love that looks for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come shape how we live now and how we approach our life in this tent and in this time. We live now waiting for what will be revealed and in a way and a manner that are pleasing to God. But the first step into this is a step of reconciliation, a reconciliation first with God and Christ and then through Christ with our neighbors and the whole world. And that means forgiveness forgiving and being forgiven. I want you to know, as you start this Friday, that all your sins have been forgiven in Jesus' name. And now, who needs to hear your word of forgiveness today? And at the same time, whose forgiveness do you need to hear? If you want to see a sign of the resurrection, then look for the way that the Holy Spirit breathes new life into dead relationships when we forgive others as we ourselves have been forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. 
Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For what else or for who else do we ask our Lord today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.